you're listening to the Man Overseas Podcast, a show that explores methods and ideas to help you live a bigger life. You will hear interesting stories of how people live, how they save and invest their money, and why having time wealth is better than being a billionaire. If you are entertained, educated, or elevated, be sure to hit the subscribe button. We're just getting started. Now here is your host, Brad D'Antonio. Hello, beautiful listeners. I was thinking about where to start as I introduced today's guest. There really are so many routes I could go. <laughs> That's a shout out to the northern parts of America and communist Canada. I kid because I care <laughs> because I have one now. How's that? And for a long time, I did not. So I said root. I was childless for 40 years, so now I kid a lot. And I love that kid. I love that kid like the woke love their own opinion of themselves. How about that? Cash me outside. My guest today is Florica Means. I'll start with how she finished the episode. Combative. (laughs) You know, I like to start from the back anyway. Even magazines, I've told you that before. I read them backwards. The Houston Chronicle, back in the day when it was worth a poo-poo, I'd read it every morning and I'd start from the back. That's where the good stuff was. I'll share a story with you that I haven't shared before. When I moved to Houston, it was January 1994. The Houston Rockets were 28-7. and The Rockets, for those of you who live in Yinduk Village in North Vietnam... They're an NBA team. (laughs) It's a place I once stayed with a man who had his eyes shot out during what he referred to as the American War. Needless to to say, we slept with the bedroom door locked and put a chair under the doorknob just in case the wife of this man went Lorena Bobbitt on me at 4 (laughs) a.m. And as they say, better to be safe than without a wiener. (laughs) So... That's a little combative, although we hoped it never came to anything close to that. We were told by our translator that there would be absolutely no questions relating to the American war. They said it unironically, without a smirk or a smile. They call it the American war there. They don't realize that's implicitly adversarial, but they were giving us a place to stay, and we appreciated it. Back to basketball. You talk about a fortuitous bounce of the rock. That's what we affectionately call a basketball, by the way. And I didn't, I didn't want to say that that's an NBA team for those of you living under a rock. So I said an actual place in the world that I had been. You see what I did? But for a basketball fanatic, of which I counted myself one at that time, the fact that Michael Jordan had just announced his retirement on October 6th This is the fall right before January 94. He used to soar off the floor. We called him your airness. We all wanted more. (laughs) But this was 1993, and I'm not going to keep rhyming because then it'd be all about me. Jordan had won three titles straight, NBA titles. He had won a gold medal with the Dream Team in Barcelona. And then, if you remember correctly, the unfortunate passing of his dad. It was awful. He was murdered in his car, I believe. 
There were rumors that his killing was due to gambling debts that Jordan had. I, I thought that was all bullshit, but what do I know? It was just a horrible, horrible situation. MJ said after that happened that he had just lost his drive for the game of basketball. You remember he referred to the game as the game of basketball? It's like only he could get away with saying that. If Mario Eli or the best-looking man in the NBA, Sam Cassell, ever said that, we'd all be like, get the seagulls out of here. Get the flock out of here. <laughs> but Jordan, whatever he said with that charisma, it stood the test of time. He could say whatever he wanted. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if you were to YouTube or Google Kobe saying, that's how I approach the game of basketball, I'll bet it's out there. We should find that out. Where's Jamie when you need him? If anyone here listens to Rogan, you'll get the reference. Joe Rogan has a guy who basically sits at a computer next to him during his podcast and Googles things in real time. So he gets a fact check right there on the spot. Or should I be more accurate and say he gets a Google check in real time? <laughs> because unless you're an uber lefty, the 2020 election taught us so much about truth and objectivity, how to search for truth, that sort of thing. If you're a clueless as to what I'm talking about, I'm sure you can buy a clue with, a, with one click nowadays. That is unless where you're shopping online was parlored. Remember parlor before the election was taken down? There really couldn't be any opposition to the man who got more votes than any candidate ever while campaigning less than any candidate ever. Speaking of, if you were campaigning for president in 24, would you campaign at all? I don't, I don't know that I would. If the guy had just won in 20 but didn't campaign, I don't know that I'm leaving my basement. I think I, I would just hang out. You know how taxing it is on those guys who campaign for president? If none of what I'm saying makes sense to you, shoot me a DM and I may be able to help. Just be mindful that I really value my time. A lot. So don't expect me to go back and forth with you on a political issue. If you can't clearly articulate both sides of a political argument, I don't have time to educate you on the other side. But once you feel as though you could argue both sides, that is indicative of someone who's done their homework. So well done. Kudos on you. You're no longer part of the masses, I would say. And we'll dig deeper together and get smarter. An intellectual joust, we'll call it. And I'm all about that. Homework done, you're ready to speak with someone outside your bubble, we'll pop that MF together. How's that sound? <laughs> I'd have saved a lot of time in my 20s if I had that rule then. Don't debate politics with someone who doesn't know the other side of an argument. Make it a rule. It's part of my rules of 40 if you, if you read that. And I know a lot of you have. You wouldn't believe how many people have read that article. If you've done it, hey, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time to plant a tree is, well, it, wouldn't it be 19 years and 364 days ago? So I never liked that saying. I always thought it was BS. Best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Next best time is today. No, that's not true. It would have been better 16 and a half years ago or seven years ago. You name it. Today's not even a close second. <laughs> But save yourself some time because it's all we got besides each other. I say it a lot. Right now, I love my family, my friends. I love LAMP, and I love you listeners. <laughs>
And everybody else can go for long walks. They're good for you. Good for thinking. But if you prefer the sort of thinking that only reinforces what you already know, or you're listening to Hannity or Occupy Democrats for talking points, lace up the cement shoes before you leave the house, before you go on that long walk, and find a pier that is short enough that if a family of hobbits laid head to toe on top of the neck, one on top of the next, that's dad's toes would be dangling off the end. <laughs> I say this because I just visited a, a hobbit village in Guatemala. Or let's say you're so hypersensitive and empathetic that you're only capable of referring to people in groups, like the Latinx people. Or you talk shit about white people but no other race. That means that you're likely a racist or just a POS. But unfortunately, you don't know it. But that shit's gross to me. If it sounds like I may be referring to you or someone you know, just remember what you say, what you advocate for, none of that really matters. Virtue signaling requires no effort whatsoever. What matters is what you do, how you conduct yourself in the world. I used to work for a guy farther left than San Francisco. He was smarter than you, more compassionate, worldly, empathetic, less racist, used bigger words, you name it. One day coming into work, he runs into a car in the parking lot that belonged to a co-worker of mine and of his, but he worked on my team. We reported to this guy who hit the car. Great guy, the guy on my team. After finding out whose car it was that he'd run into, you know what he said to him? He said, oh, was, was that yours? With a laugh? Oh, th that car's a piece of shit anyway. Bro, if he'd hit someone's, someone's car who wasn't Caucasian, let's say, no, no way he says that. No way. No way. The poor guy with the dented up car nearly broke down and cried because his boss would do that to him. But this boss personified macro-virtuousness by supporting all the right causes, but he was also the micro-POS. He'd hit your car and tell you, well, your car's a piece of shit. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Those kinds of people are everywhere, unfortunately. We should know by now where this sort of stuff leads. But getting back to the guest, we finished with a bit of a scuffle, so you might find that interesting. It's not to say fast-forward to the end, because the middle is just as good it's better than the end. Uh, if she and I were teenagers, however, because we didn't throw hands at the end, it wasn't that kind of scuffle, but she's a, she's a woman in her 60s. But if she were a woman in her teens, if we were teenagers and she was a dude, I might have gotten her with a left, a right. I'm out of sight, I'm throwed. I'm bouncing off the road. I'm in a modem with them, photom. Tiny tomb, hopped out my big body foam. Chained with the chong, can't forget my wet alone. I'm hot fine, looking looking good, diamonds against my wood. Man, it's understood, got money in my hood. I'm pushing big body, can't stop me. For the 9-8, gotta sell a million copy. I'm across slow puffing on the Optimo, hit the stove. <laughs> Who's with me? Is anybody with me? Nobody? We proceed. 
Florica Means is my guest. She's 68 years old. She escaped Romania in 1990, shortly after Nicolae Ceausescu was executed. If you know nothing about the former communist leader who required every woman to have four children, who threw anyone without a job in prison, you'll know a lot about him by the time you finish listening to this unbelievable two-hour episode. It's easily my top three episodes. And you may find yourself down a rabbit hole after this conversation because it's so fascinating. I know it did me. She talks about being raped twice in prison. She talks about the gulags, the, uh, the gulag archipelago, which she had every version of on her shelf, on her bookshelf in her condo. Learning all this and getting a chance to go to these places played a huge role in my decision to walk away from what was a lucrative job in the States and travel the world. I wanted to learn more. And yes, I was having this conversation today with a client. Your peak earning years as a man is between 35 and 45. You know when I retired? A month before my 35th birthday. (laughs) Real smart, right? But there's more to life than money. And I wanted to learn more and I live for those aha moments. And the fact that I get to share these moments with you makes them that much more special to me. And it's what the podcast enables. What a time to be alive. I am just so grateful. Grateful for you, the listener. Grateful for my parents who brought me into this world. Grateful to God for finding the right woman for me. I could go on for days. But I said I'd start my intro from the end because this episode ends, believe it or not, with a disagreement of sorts which shouldn't surprise those of you who regularly tune into the pod because you know that I can be disagreeable at times. I wouldn't be here talking to you if I didn't have disagreeability as one of my big five personality traits. Why do I say that? Well, because to have any sort of success in business, in investing, you've got to have some disagreeability about you or you'll get walked all over. Same thing holds true in relationships. What woman do you think wants a man who brags to his buddies, uh, you know, bro, uh, happy wife, happy life? Mix in a fucking clue, bro. (laughs) How old are you? So whether it's by the customer, your colleagues, your boss especially. And by the way, you don't want a boss who doesn't gain some sort of respect for you when you're respectfully disagreeable, when it's called for. If you're being disagreeable just to be disagreeable or to prove that you can be, you will, in fact, lose respect. So learn how to be disagreeable the right way. And it's been my experience. It'll take you to places that you're not even dreaming about yet. So I mentioned the argument at the end because I think you'll find that I think you'll find that argument as interesting as anything else I share with you about her. And I base that on feedback about the show. Whenever I disagree with a guest, that's when the emails, DMs, texts, they start pouring in like rain on a green tin roof, which is so nice to take a nappy do under. Am I right? Is there anything better than taking a nap under a tin roof when it's raining? I don't think so. But you can't force a genuine disagreement. Of course, right? This, this isn't Jerry Springer, but it does happen I'll say this. My guest is the first polymath that I've had on this show. Well-read, of course, what polymath isn't. 
She escaped the Soviet bloc when she was 36 after living in an Eastern European country her entire life, a country I'm proud to say I've visited more than once. That country is Romania. So she is Romanian. She has the accent to prove it. She's as fascinating a guest as I've had. And for those of you curious, yes, I was able to find her a roommate within about 24 hours of us recording. (laughs) So she was wrong. I was right. Not to rub it in your face, Florica, but um, that's what I'm doing here. If you hear a better, more insightful podcast episode than this one today, send me a link to your favorite department store because I am going to send you a gift card for a new pair of socks. That's how confident I am that Florica Means is about to knock your socks off. We discuss her thoughts on Putin, whether COVID was deliberate, her opinion of Donald Trump, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, blowjobs, Brad Pitt, intergender dynamics, which leads to masculinity, femininity. I've never said this about any episode prior, but you're going to want to hear this one. So let me turn it over to Florica. She pretty much takes it from here. Take it away, Florica. I should start with the end, with my departure from uh, Romania from Republic Socialist of Romania. There was an open door, there was an opportunity, and I didn't, was not a matter of if I have something to eat or if I have clothing, because we lived under Ceausescu regime for 10 years while he was trying to pay the debt to the World Bank. But I did not know what was going on. I went uh, to a newspaper, I got an old bike with three of my friends, one of them lives in Nevada, we got each of us a backpack with a change of clothing, went to the border and crossed the border between Romania and Hungary on bike. I did not know where to go, I had no entry visa, Germany was disintegrated, Soviet Union, I just wanted to be free. I was thinking, I don't know, there is God, I have a Bible in my backpack, and we went to the first uh, small town in Hungary, sold one of the bikes, put the rest of them on a train, went to Budapest in front of Kelly train station, sold the other three bikes and went to Germany, to the Democratic Republic of Germany before the reunification. And from there, through Checkpoint Charlie, we moved to the American sector. What year is this? I'm sorry. This was uh, the year of uh, 1990. Okay. One year after the falling of the Berlin Wall. Okay. That happened after Mr. Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And this is where everything started tumbling down. So I went to a refugee. The wall, I'm sorry, the wall or everything in your life? Everything, everything. everything And now going back to what was going on in Romania. The Ceausescu, that was illiterate, him and his wife did not know anything. They were Moscow's puppets. Okay, this is the president of the Romania president. since 1965, yes, Nicolae Ceausescu. Yes, after Gheorghe Gheorghiu. So it started, Moscow was detecting, and suddenly they wanted to take him out. He did not know what was going on, because he made that huge propaganda. He was convinced we love him. 
There will have been starved and hungry, be forced to have four children. But you were forced to have four children under Ceausescu? Yes, every woman was forced to have four children under the penalty of five years in prison if you were having an abortion. There was no birth control, no pills, no condoms, no nothing. What year did that start? At age 18 for, for women? You had to As start birthing? Fact, if they were raped, I've been, they put me in jail twice for being unemployed. And I've been raped by the police. Lucky me, I couldn't get pregnant. But if I was pregnant, whose children were this? So... Ceausescu was gone, he did not know that uh, Gorbachev, you know that era, Gorbachev, Yeltsin, that bombed the parliament of Russia, so Ceausescu was gone. Mr. Gorbachev, Mikhail Gorbachev said, uh, you know what, you need to give up power because the Eastern Europe, everybody, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, Poland, uh, Albania, everybody is giving up. He did not want to. He said, my people love me. I will speak in front of the National Assembly because I know some people are after us, want to disintegrate us. And this was the infamous speech that you can watch this on YouTube. This was the speech that we did not know because we didn't have any touch with any contact with the outside world. No TV station, no newspapers, we couldn't talk to any foreigners, we couldn't write letters to the Free Europe uh, radio station or to Voice of America that helped us, not to mention people were sending letters. So he was like a rat in a cage. The second party leader, Ion Iliescu... Wait, sorry, before you go to him... That first party leader, Ceausescu, I remember reading that he allowed Romanians to watch the show Dallas, which was very popular at the time. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And that was one of his biggest downfalls because it allowed Romanians to see how America, how the rest of the world lived. The thing is that for some uh, period of time, we were seeing American movies, never food stores, Never parks, never, we were not, uh, what they were telling us, besides that there is no God. Nobody works in America. There is no what, I'm sorry? No God? God. God. There is no God. There is no God in communism. There is no God. No, doesn't exist. Uh, Americans don't work. They are all using drugs. They lay on the street. They are homeless. Uh, They are imperialists and the golden future of Humanity, it's socialism, starting mm. with Marxism. Contradicting the life we were living, we were so hungry, so cold, the food stores were empty, everything was owned by the government. A copy of North Korea, actually he was best friend with North Korea, this is where he started. Wow. He came back and said, okay, this is how we need to do it. Wow. Make everybody uh, have children. Have children to feed them with what? And the huge propaganda, we were forced to clap our hands. They had this huge demonstration. Nobody knew because we didn't have any contact with the outside world. I'm talking now, I have friends and I'm asking them, my American friends, I'm a citizen, an American citizen, and I'm asking them now, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? And they said, we knew the truth. 
we knew they were forcing you to do this we knew you were not loving him you were not admiring him you knew that if you don't clap your hands then you'll go to prison they had uh, psychiatric hospitals jails putting people in jail for being unemployed then we get uh, here to alexander solzhenitsyn which by the way when i walked in your house i was so impressed you never see this anymore there were three books but four books by solzhenitsyn yes different versions of the gulag the archipelago cancer, which cancer ward gulag archipelago these uh, three volumes and showing this is how the soviet union never left steam after the war they were not every country was destroyed including united states after the crash of 2930 when the wall street the reason uh, soviet union was doing so well was the gulag concentration camp people being arrested by millions if we talk about hitler what nazi germany did stalin killed 60 million people of his own people of his own people just they had a, a, a doctor's trial just inventing everything he ordered his wife to be assassinated and people were being sent to siberia next to the close to the arctic circle to the north pole empty-handed nothing and a lot of them perish no food no nothing just exterminated if hitler was bad they were both and by the way we all know from history that hitler and stalin made a non-aggression pact then hitler attacked the soviet union they sure did yes they sure did then united states said at some point united states was an ally of the soviet union technically speaking right. no this is what they wanted to do they were counterparts of the uh, nazi germany auschwitz treblinka majdanek uh, those uh, gas chambers ovens so to speak where they were burning jewish people right mostly yeah they attacked uh, poland and made that ghetto in Warsaw where nobody could escape, which, if I can make a parenthesis, this has been documented by Schindler's List. Yes. That is a fact. I visited the factory. Um, that is that a movie fact. has touched me that as much a, as any. So Schindler's List is a movie worth yes. watching for sure. I'm glad you mentioned it. Great yes. movie. Were they just uh, laying down? There was no opposition. Yes, there are. And I can have a guy... His name is Vladimir Tismanano. He's a professor at the University of Maryland. He used to be inside of the communist uh, circle. Then he gave up. He said, everything is allowed. So he still right now, he has a web page, Vladimir Tismanano. You can see his name. You can buy his books. He's very outspoken very democratic and he put his life in line they've been trying to kill him to assassinate him he lives in the united states now they're still trying to kill him 
Still? He cannot because he's here. They may yeah. kill me if they can, but I'm an American citizen. Nobody can touch me now. What I uh, Let me say a few things about uh, my education. I have a degree in speech communication with a minor in journalist. Mm. I have an associate degree in early childhood. I am uh, certified as a teacher, generalist teacher by the state of Texas, National Association of Young Children. So this is what I have been doing. And I have both citizenships, a Romanian citizenship and American citizenship. Reason being, the reason being for me to keep the Romanian citizenship, I couldn't care less. <laughs> I wanted to vote for the guy that was overthrowing Iliescu, the one that assassinated the Ceausescu. This is the first his name is Traian Băsescu. As we know, Romania is part of the North Atlantic Military Pact. And United States, and I'm so proud and so happy to be here, has an anti-missile shield by the Black Sea. We sure do. Okay. Opposing like they knew, they have the, the American kids are giving their lives. They are right there watching making sure Ukraine is not being taken over because, by uh, Mr. Putin, because if it does, the Soviet Union, it goes in a vicious cycle. The Soviet Union will have a border with Romania and it will start over. So everybody is scratching their heads now. Should we go with Soviet Union that Mr. Putin is trying to put back in place? Should we uh, take uh, advantage uh, of uh, their natural gas? He didn't put the natural gas and resources. He's a crook, he's a mafioso. They were, these are natural resources and he was, he's trying to uh, squeeze everybody's uh, arm behind their back, trying to take Ukraine, which everybody's helping. Uh, if you know that Zelensky, that guy, they are assassinating people and Mr. Putin is saying, oh, this is not real. They made uh, something, uh, they painted them. This is how uh, Germany invaded Poland to start with. Made some uh, Germans dressed in uh, uh, Polish uniforms shooting toward uh, Germany. Then they invaded Poland. So, and that started World War II. This started World War II. And it can, some people are saying now, uh, we cannot do anything because if we do, that will start another... Uh, I believe, not I believe, I, I firmly think that uh, the presidents of uh, the countries of uh, members of the European Union should jump in. Mr. Putin said, I'll drop an atomic bomb. Because you are a threat to my country, you are attacking me. We cannot. With what? With what? So he said, you cannot. Uh, I'll, I'll come over you. Looks like he's losing. You know what? As Ceausescu lost because that guy was behind uh, him, behind the closed doors with the secret police. This is going to happen to Mr. Putin. The ex-KGB, because they know Russia is done. 
Soviet Union is not coming back economically there done and you know what they are thinking we cannot sink the ship the big ship Russia cannot go down somebody if I may use this pardon my expression will put a pillow over his mouth and take him out he's about to lose the battle so because like uh, I did when I left uh, Romania, I was thinking, it's not about food. It's not about, uh, after I left, when I went uh, at uh, Frankfurt at Maine for my interview, for my uh, American citizenship, they said, we have uh, an anonymous letter, somebody wrote a letter to us, saying that this is the reason you went to, they put you in jail because you were a prostitute they were writing anonymous letters trying to you were me. what i'm sorry a prostitute yeah they were saying this i said in order to do this they had to prove that somebody paid me that i had any that somebody gave me a plant or a meal at a restaurant or uh, the equivalent of hundred dollars no they were not what they want to do now to put a bad mark on us because we are escaping the eastern european bloc most of us through third parties uh, countries are going to united states and to canada and they want to say don't take them in because these are prostitutes mm -hmm. and they said um, I didn't speak uh, any English, I was speaking German, and I asked uh, them through the translator uh, because they asked me, did you know the law? They put you in jail. Did you know that if you are unemployed, you can go to jail? I said, you know what? I did not vote for Ceausescu, they never had free election. He appointed himself president for life, they never had free election, I didn't recognize him as a president. I did not. And how were you uh, supporting yourself if you're not employed? I didn't have to prove anything. I didn't have to prove that I was doing something, that I wasn't doing something bad. They had to prove that I was prostituting myself. Right. This is my idea of... And uh, he said, I said, well, if I want to make a joke, this is exactly the statement I made. I said, you know what I was doing? I was keeping my hands up in the air. I was practicing yoga and I, I was waiting for my arms to fall off my shoulders. <laughs> is that, do I have the, the right over my body? Apparently not. Mm -hmm. If they put me in jail twice, they had a law. They create number 153, you can Google for that. For people uh, loitering the streets, being unemployed, being immoral. Was I immoral and they put me in jail? Then the jail guards raped me. They raped you in jail? They raped me in jail. And when I left, they said, if you say anything, you were make a force to uh, sign two statements one that you will never tell anybody what happened and another one that if you know anybody that is against communists you'll throw them in and this is what people were doing where they knew if i don't then it went so badly 
parents were were uh, uh, turning here just because they didn't have were making false statements false statements friends were doing there is a lady her name is Germina and I guess I can uh, uh, securitate what was securitate as young as first junior high schools and senior high schools they were forced to give false statements about their parents it was so bad all to make communist because they knew okay was collapsing economically but the thing is they were forced to pay they had to pay for their crimes mm. and then guess what happened it was not the end of the story who was in charge when they give properties back and the, the lands were being given back to their owners king michael of romania came back to visit because Romania used to be a monarchy and they didn't let him. Guess who took over? The Securitate. The secret police take their businesses because they knew. They had the keys to the banks to everybody, so it started all over and corruption was. So, and people, this is very interesting. People were saying, even today, they're saying, because they were not, uh, they did not know what free enterprise is. Okay, I'll invest some money, or I associate myself or with somebody, or I'll get uh, some uh, plants, or uh, I'll get some uh, anything, I'll sell it and I'll start from there, and I'll build up. No, they did not know what to do, because they were given just a little bit to survive, and now they're saying, Communism was better. We need to go back. There are a lot of people. You will not believe Ceausescu was killed. Then Iliescu, Ion Iliescu. People knew what communism was. And there were two guys that came, that lived. They were Romanians. They didn't get any votes. Iliescu was 87% uh, uh, of Romania voted for Iliescu. What? Communism was right there. It just, it took a lot, if it wasn't for United States, to step down, to say, to say, Mr. Trump said, um, by the way, you want me to uh, send my children, my young Americans to die for you? You have to pay your share, okay? I'm sending this, I'm sending troops, you have to pay your share, because if not, Russia will come after you. Look what Russia is. May I drink a, a little bit of water? I have a bottle yeah. of water. Yeah, yeah, take a break anytime you need, please. So you're saying Donald Trump said that to Romania, that you must pay, what, 2% of GDP if you want defense? And He said to everybody. Yeah. He said to everybody, listen. I'm putting my, my taxpayers' money, I'm sending troops, I'm sending everything. They have uh, Abraham's uh, tanks in uh, Romania now. They have troops. They have one at Mihail Kogelnicianu, and one is right at the Black Sea, near Constanza. You said you have been to Constanza? I've been to Constanza, okay. yeah. Mama. And I asked somebody when I was in college, when I lived in uh, West Virginia, I was attending... Uh, Marshall University of West Virginia, somebody said, I've been to Romania. Even back then in the 60s, 
the Americans were patrolling the Black Sea, were watching Soviet Union. Mm. Soviet Union. You cannot, uh, Mr. Gorbachev said, I didn't do anything to protect Ukraine when I could, when I was in power, because I didn't want to kill people. That is not. If Mr. Putin says now he's dropping an atomic bomb, there will be the end of uh, the planet. You cannot argue like this. Ah, but uh, they did uh, attack uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But Hitler did this. History doesn't go backward. It doesn't. It's what about this, Ms. What about you? What about you? It is not this is over. What about these young kids being killed? Women being raped and killed in Ukraine? As we speak right now, because I'm watching media. And you know what? That Zelensky, that guy needs all the help, all the support he can get. Because if he doesn't, that is the end of Europe. And you know why it's not? Because the United States is watching. That's why. You know, I'm sorry, the United States is watching and Watching therefore... meaning military speaking and economically and supporting them, not being aggressive because... United States has the military power to destroy the Soviet Union. There are, not to mention that not everybody in the Soviet Union loves Putin. Not everybody in the United States uh, loves uh, Mr. Biden or Mr. Trump or Mr. Obama or Mr. Clinton and going back. No, you have the right. You know what? You know how many years I would have, uh, first of all, I couldn't have speak with you. I wasn't. I couldn't have been in United States if it wasn't for the free world, for democracy. This is how I got out of there. I couldn't. They would have killed me just having this conversation. If I want to tell somebody, the president of United States is an idiot, just for the sake of it, because the Constitution of uh, a United States give me the right of free speech without putting me, I can argue, they can take me to court and I just try to make a point, make a point. I was in favor of Mr. Clinton. My mother was in love with Mr. Clinton. <laughs> so this is the the right to be free. I can talk like uh, the officer at JFK airport when I came here. I said, sir, when uh, can I go to report to, to the police that I'm here? He said to the police, he got my immigration papers because he knew I was coming from Germany. We couldn't move uh, any farther than 80 kilometers uh, radius. I said, radius. I said, but uh, they need to know where I am. He said, ma'am, see that door? Open the door. <laughs> Give me tears to my eyes. Mm. You're free to go. Free. I did not know what freedom meant. Said you exit that door, the police is not coming. We'll find you in a blink of an eye. Just break the law, we know who you are, where you are. We got your papers, we knew through the interview. At the interview, the, the interview head at the American consulate in Frankfurt of me. Just get out. You can get a job, you can open a banking account, and when you break the law, and I was like what do I do? I did not know. I didn't have the concept of freedom. What do I do now? Where do I go? Just open the door and go. Yeah. So. How old were you? 
I was 36. I was 36. born. I was born in 54. Okay. In 54, shortly after uh, Stalin died, and uh, Soviet Union pulled their troops out of Romania in 1958. They were still there. A lot of people are asking me, ma'am, are you from Russia? No, I'm not from Russia. This is what happened. The whole administration was under the Soviet Union. Teachers, party leaders, uh, everybody. So unbeknown to me, you know, when you learn English, if you notice my accent, I have a strong, I cannot put the tip of my tongue at the roof of my mouth to make the T. Sound. is very hard. No. For Germans, for everybody. Yes. TH yes. is tough. Living in Germany for two years, I didn't speak anything. I was speaking a little bit of French, and I went to I went to Germany, and people are asking me, uh, "How did you learn? You do learn. You pray God and you go because you have to survive to prove yourself. You didn't get out of Romania to prostitute yourself, and if you do, that's your problem. There are laws." There are people, I'm not judging anybody, drug addicts, prostitutes, everybody answers for their uh, actions according to laws. But I had to survive. In seven months, I was speaking enough German to ask for a loaf of bread. And every step, if I may add, every step of the way, God was there. I found an ad in a newspaper, a lady, Ingrid Geisler, he gave me a job cleaning her house when I said I can work for free for less than you are paying your uh, maid from uh, ex-Yugoslavia. She said, you're not my slave. You are not. I have to treat you with respect. I'm paying you with a salary. What you have to do, you have to respect your word. When you promise something, do not, do not. If you are late for work, there are payphone in middle of the Schwarzwald, of the mountains, there are uh, paid for. Give me a call and tell me, I'm in jail, I'll come get you. Don't lie to me. And one day I left uh, work earlier, I remember. She's on my Facebook, I'll give you my Facebook, you'll see her. She said, you are a dirty cow. Because you left, I'm paying your salary, I'm paying your pension plan, your health insurance. You can get killed. You are under my watch, I'm paying you. And then you can die in a car accident. You are under my protection, I have to protect you by law. I told you, do not lie. Do not lie to me. She asked my mother to come because she had to fill up some uh, paperwork through the uh, German embassy in Bucharest. Mom came over and stayed there and so on. Then, you know what? I have to build my personality from the ground up. I wasn't speaking any language, no German, no English. I came here. You can tell I'm quite fluent. Fluent in. Yeah. I went to college here. I uh, borrowed money from the bank. I did not know what to do with myself. I was. I didn't know how to get a job. How to take care of myself. I do not know what freedom is. You may stumble. You may succeed, you may end up on the street, but you owe yourself a chance. You should try the best you can. So this is how I did it. And speaking about those uh, 
orphanages. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes, because you alluded to your associates in early childhood education, so I'm sure you're aware of the study that was done on the orphans in Romania. What Americans are doing, according to uh, Jean Piaget theory, the uh, brain developed stages are happening through playing, to human touch. You develop their brain, their gross motor skill, their uh, fine motor skill, how they climb, how they ride, how you talk to them, how you play to them. We are not, we didn't uh, come from uh, monkeys. What Ceausescu did, <laughs> let's go back to Ceausescu because this is... These uh, people that were forced, these women that were forced to give birth, a lot of them were being born with defects. Or even if they are not, they were not, they were normal. Their mothers didn't have the means to support them, so they were putting them in these orphanages. And there, uneducated people, they were left with no food, no medical care, they were tied by their beds, just swimming in their urines and feces. There, uh, when uh, after 90, when the Americans, they were trying to adopt these children, and they did. A lot of children came to United States and to Canada. They went there, and these children were just left, you know what? They were most of, I don't know the percentage, but they were, uh, so to speak, normal. What is normality? If somebody with Down syndrome abnormal, there is a human that has the right to live, the right, the, the, the dignity through non-for-profit organizations, to churches. To These people, these uh, poor kids didn't have, we did not know. We did not know when those uh, gates were opening, were those orphanages, these were just uh, like puppy mills, let them uh, there to die. They were just their uh, limbs, their uh, arms and their legs were twisted, they were scratching themselves, they were beaten up, had no food, no heat, no, just like shots to die. Meals, they, none yes, of that they probably. were, and they, a lot of them escaped and came to United States and to Canada, and they recovered. All they needed, first of all, they needed human touch. If you leave a child, let him, the feral children, you know, the stories of the feral children. You leave a child in the forest, he'll never learn how to talk, how to walk, know what they needed was love, to be hugged, to be, and they came back to life. Those that didn't, and I knew when I started working, this was one of the reasons working with young kids. You don't discipline a child by beating the child up. Through personal example, you love the child, let him be himself. He stumbles, he fails, let him fail, because he's not breaking his legs, he's not uh, crushing his skull. This is how he becomes a human. This is how he becomes a human. So if you have any questions... Well, how did we become aware that there were all these orphans in Romania that were being left to die? How did America find that out? They found out because the newly appointed guy wanted to put a bad mark on Ceausescu. And he said, oh, okay, 
this is what happened, this is what he did, he forced the woman, women to have children, to give birth to four children until they were the age of... Uh, and I didn't have uh, children because I couldn't have children, but I was uh, paying a tax. They were forcing you, if you were 20 years old, you were paying, they were taking a percentage of your salary. So in fact, Ceausescu was not giving any money because he said we are uh, like uh, they are in the state scared. No, those of us that didn't, and I said, I can bring a letter a certificate for a doctor that I'm unable to have children. So, this is what Iliescu, his name is Ion Iliescu, he still... I don't want to miss this. This is how I decided to leave Romania. Summer of 90, there was a huge political rally in Bucharest. Because we knew he was a communist and we wanted him, Michael to come back. He didn't let King Michael turn him back to the airport. So we had a, a huge political rally in University Square, downtown Bucharest, for two months, night and day. We were saying he's uh, the second uh, Hitler or Stalin, and what he did, the Western world was watching. They couldn't bring the army because they said the army is with us, it's on our side. So he had some, what they call paramilitary troops, coal miners. Coal miners from Giu Valley, the Iliescu asked them to come to Bucharest to restore order. And they came to University Square. There were some tents with uh, people on hunger strike. They beat everybody, including myself. And then I said uh, to these uh, friends, one of them is a pharmacist, it's in Nevada now, Eugene Leo. And I said, you know what? We need to leave before they kill us. And I said, they're coming back. Not having any uh, touch with the outside world. We did not know who's doing this, they said, the imperialists, the Americans are attacking us. Or Hungary wants to take their territory back. I've seen them, I went, there was a group of uh, coal miners and I, I just wanted to talk to them and I asked them, did somebody uh, brought you over? We are not animals. We are, is this a jungle? And they jumped. 15 or 20 of them beat me to a pulp, I was covered in blood, ripped off uh, the clothes and those people that were in support, communists just fell and they did not know what was going on. They said, she's a prostitute, look at her, she's naked. I wasn't naked, I wasn't coming from nowhere. They beat me, then they took me to the police headquarters, were trying to rape me to take me to a bedroom and to rape me. Then I escaped because I had a friend, but I said, okay, we have to get out of here. We did not know, is the Soviet Union? That very night, when Ceausescu, Ceausescu went uh, to the rooftop of the uh, headquarters of the Communist Party, Central Committee, we did not know, is he coming back? 
it's anybody attacking Romania, we were in total complete dark. We were like zombies. If you see any documentaries about North Korea, by the way, he was a best friend of Kim Il-sung. He went to Korea and from there got the idea to make those huge demonstrations like uh, you cannot, you cannot, Americans are uh, cheering their uh, uh, presidents or they go to uh, a baseball or food. You cannot make them clap like part, like zombies. You cannot. That was clear, was staged. So we were so hungry and so terrorized that we knew if we don't do it, that is the end of us. Mm. That is the end of us. Did you know anyone who didn't clap hard enough who was arrested or anything like that where they didn't show enough deference? Or from what I understand, in North Korea, if someone dies that's in the family of Kim Jong-un, like if you don't mourn enough, if you don't boo-hoo, cry for hours, they'll arrest you. Did you know anyone who the faced whole, situations I knew like the whole, that? Including myself, including this guy, Vladimir Tismaneno, he left on time. But everybody, the whole Romania was uh, an extermination camp because there was no food. The food stores were empty. They were shutting the electricity. We only had uh, two hours a day, hot water and electricity. People were, uh, young kids, newly born, were being put in incubators and then they were dying because there was no electricity. Elevators were being stopped between uh, going to these uh, apartment buildings and people were dying. Nobody could escape, nobody. That if everybody was being forced in order to survive, the best example, there, there was uh, something called Pitești Experiment. Pitești Experiment, where the Iron Guard that was in favor of Nazi Germany was being forced to uh, give up their beliefs and were beating each other. Pitești was maximum security prison. And from there, people that did not believe in communism they were forced to uh, eat their feces. Eat their feces? To eat their feces, to torture themselves, to beat themselves to death, because one of them, you know what? How do you force, I'll die. If somebody wants to make you a communist, you'll die. You'll never be a communist. You don't go, unless, unless you have to save your life. And then there is between you and God. Do I save my life and do I turn my wife in and my co-workers and my children to survive or do I keep my head up and I die with dignity? It's for you to decide. So if I know anybody, 22 million of Romanians, 80% of them, this is how we survive because they had absolute powers over us. We had nowhere to turn. No contact with the outside world, no, like you said, the Dallas and the Maritime Line uh, Onegin, uh, Bobby and Pamela, and I remember that. Oh, but they didn't uh, show us 
you did not I did I did not know anything about Kroger, about Randalls, about HEB, <laughs> about uh, nothing. We did not know that you can rent an apartment, you can live by yourself. We did not know what freedom is. So this is this is in short if you know North Korea why reason did I have to leave? Ceausescu was that. Was that okay, Ceausescu is that. And everybody was in support in favor of Romania, including United States. Sending money, money, uh, medical equipment, uh, blankets, uh, medicine, food, uh, tents, everything, helping. You know what uh, Iliescu did? He sold them, put them in stores, and sold them. And people that just escaped communism said, oh, this is, he is so good. He gives us food and medicine. No, that was help from the Western world that was taking pity on us. They knew. When I got out, they knew on the streets of Berlin, people were looking at us because we were so emaciated, so poorly clothed. On the refugee camp, when I went in Berlin, Spandau, they had to give us clothing because we could not walk on the street. People were looking at us. We were like dead people walking. Our skin was not having food, not having vitamins, not having anything. And they were taking... If you don't know what freedom is, you have the security of a salary coming tomorrow. Suddenly... The factory you were working no longer existed and you had to feed your children the next day. The very next morning you had to put food on the table for your children. What do you do? You go back to communists because this is what their propaganda is telling you. Tell me about your upbringing. Did you have friends? Did you have joyous times? Did you have dances this at is school? What, this is what happened. What uh, made me? My personality. She's showing me a picture of her grandmother. No, this is my mother. Oh, this is your mother. I'm sorry. She was uh, now in an Orthodox monastery. And my father, and my father, went to Odessa. If you know, attack on Odessa. Odessa? Sure, Odessa. it's in the news every day now. Yes, sir. So when Romania was an ally of Nazi Germany, my father went on the Eastern Front. And he spent eight years in Russia. And, and uh, then they put him in Gulag. They made him a prisoner of war. When he came back, he was an alcoholic. He couldn't function. He couldn't do anything because of uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome. And he met my mother and they never got married legally. They had seven children. Four of them died. My mother did not know how to take care of them. She left the monastery when she was 22 years old. Four of the children died. And I have a twin sister and a brother died from alcoholism. My father was very abusive. Of her or you? Of or? her, of her. He never did anything to us. 
he did not know he was like a like a puppet couldn't function couldn't take care of himself couldn't uh, he was a, a, a chronic alcoholist he there was no empathy for them alcoholism is a, it's an addiction and people get help and some of them recover and function and no he did not he was virtually a homeless he died from alcoholism my mother let somebody adopt my uh, my brother when he was 14 years old my brother told a family friend if i ever see florica and jetta my sister's uh, mom i'll crash her school he was uh, chopping some uh, firewood he said i know she let these alcoholics adopt me her friends she should have take care of me love me she shouldn't have put me up for adoption for these people to so it was a broken family all this was if you look back all because of communism nobody was getting help from anybody romania lost the war and we were paying uh war damages to russia even though supposedly we were the victors we defeated uh nazi germany if it wasn't for america to go to omaha beach we would have been speaking russian now omaha beach or german i've been so, incredible place yeah so this is what happened because you can be successful or you can fail you can get killed you can do anything but it's nothing like freedom you have a chance you're free you're a human being god gave you life and you do the best so what do you make of all of these people in america complaining about america uh they need uh, there was a guy before the big freeze last year said uh, how come you didn't take uh, the streets you didn't oppose uh, ceausescu we didn't oppose ceausescu what would you do if you go to the store tomorrow and there is no food we are having this conversation on your patio if your neighbor from upstairs could hear and turn us in sure enough the covid started we went to costco there was no food i said buddy let's take the streets now would you take the streets this is how they control you the stick and the carrot there is no food at one uh, end it's the 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 stick with the carrot and at the other end it's the jail so you take the carrot or you go to jail so what people complain they need to know what freedom is god gave me life and i do as the pursuit of happiness does the constitution say that so this is what we need to do look at me now i lived in a room the size of uh, that room smaller than that with my twin sister my mother and my niece we know running water we know restroom we know nothing and look at me now i made it all the way i lived in germany two years i came to united states i went to college i married twice i live in this apartment just put it not having any visa not knowing anybody just one foot in front of the this is what freedom does this is how i can 
talk to you knowing that tomorrow the police wouldn't knock on my door. Giorgio is nobody. This is my little dog. Nobody will knock on my door. I have the freedom of talking to you and telling the world my story. This is what when people complaining. They don't. Uh, they like I did not know what freedom is. They do not know because they were born free. They do not know what is like to have the police cannot knock on the door. If the police comes here now, if somebody makes a complaint, they have to go to a judge and get an order. Somebody has to prove that I've done something wrong. They can enter my property, my apartment where I'm paying rent or my property. They don't have the right like they do in Romania and North Korea and other ex-communist countries for no reason. No reason. So, this is what they were saying. The started with uh, Marxists. If we want to go further back, uh, Marx, Engels, and Lenin, uh, there is a whole other conversation. There is nothing like freedom. Nothing. Were you educated on Marxism, Leninism, like in high school? They were telling us uh, about Marx and Engels. I knew the. Uh, necessity, you understand the, the, the necessity, they are taking the means of production, and they are taking the land, and uh, everybody has to put in as much as they can, this was a slogan, and uh, take out as much as they need. Who establishes what, I'm a millionaire, so what? You have to prove that I've done something wrong. This world, we cannot be equal to the lower point, because if we do, we go back to the caves, to the Neanderthal people, so humanity will start over. We start at the same line, and everybody, you line, you run as fast as you can, and it's not, you're not alone in the Western world, you're not alone here, people are helping you, the government, I can go on forever what democracy does. So these people, this is the funny part. Uh, America is bad. Moran, pardon my uh, language. You can tell America is bad without going to jail. In communist Romania or in Soviet Union, you couldn't even think they knew. They knew. So you are telling bad things about America. America is not doing anything. They cannot care less, they help you. They prove to you that America is not a bad place. So this is freedom, this is what, and above all, it's God. All these accusations of racism and prejudice, what do you make of all that here? Uh, I'll tell you what, in Nazi Germany, Jewish people, gay people, even some of them, Hitler was uglier than and he wanted to uglier than shit, pardon my French. <laughs> he wanted to make the human race to be blonde with blue eyes. Was he blonde with blue eyes? No. He was a moron. He was so <laughs> ugly. Yeah. You cannot make people perfect. Like you go to a food store and everything looks the same. You cannot. Some of us, what you want to do, if you don't like, if you see somebody on the street, you don't walk over him, you help him. If you cannot help him, you ask for help. But there are so many organizations 
My uh, first husband had a PhD in social work. He was working for Art of the Bluegrass, taking care of uh, people with disabilities and Down syndrome and had were those groups. I couldn't believe the way these people were being taken care of. I was looking, he said, you know what? We teach them how to open a banking account, how to work at McDonald's. A bus comes and I said, you don't exterminate them. He said, exterminate them? He couldn't understand what I was saying. I couldn't understand him. What these people have the full rights, everybody. And racism, who's there to judge? Like what? It's called eugenia. Exterminate and make one race. And you know what? Then we will, like uh, those uh, royal families in uh, Europe, they were marrying within inbreeds and then they were born with birth defects and I don't know if you are uh, aware of these uh, people of West uh, Virginia with blue skin this is what happened because West Virginia and the Appalachians didn't have highways didn't have access to leave the Appalachians they were having children uh, you have six you do, because it's a, one of the primary instincts. It's not a sin. So doing this generation after generation after generation, they were being born with uh, mental illnesses, with why they were, were called blue people. Their blood vessels were uh, underneath of their skin, and you can see that. It took a while for with the government because you don't put people to sleep because they are black or they are Mexican. So what about the melting pot? What about the melting pot? Am I somebody when I came here I didn't do nothing from this country for this country. Nothing for this country. I did not know anything and I got on a bus to go to college and there was a guy and next to me on the bus was a young lady dressed in a nurse uniform. She was reading a book and their guy looked at her and said, uh, you need to go to the back of the bus. I said, sir, her name is not uh, Rosa Parks. What's your problem? He said, ah, where are you from? You immigrants are coming uh, here to take our jobs uh, over, uh, started ranting and screaming at me. And I said, you know what? Let's get uh, down. Let's let's take it down on the street because I don't want to scare these people. If the <laughs> communists didn't kill me, nobody would. Let's get. So uh, the bus driver said, "Folks, just settle down." Then he called the police, the metro police, and took the guy. That young girl, she wasn't doing anything. She didn't know him, didn't owe him nothing. I did not know her. Do what to her because she's black. What? What year was this? Oh, uh, let me see. When I graduated from college, that's my college diploma. So was 2003, he told her 2001, to go. 2001, because I was going to college. I was on bus 25 on Richmond, going to college. It was 2001. Wow. Yeah. He was one of these uh, white power, whatever. Yeah. You know what? When I was going to... Uh, uh, I started at Marshall University of West Virginia. And mm. uh, Ku Klux Klan wanted to hold a rally 
through downtown uh, Prestonsburg. And I asked one of my uh, teachers, Sir, I did not know KKK exists. Are they allowed to have a rally? He said, you know what? According to the First Amendment, they have the right to speak up. If you don't let them, they go underground, let them come out, this way you can control them. You know where, where they, what can they do? The mayor of uh, uh, Prestonsburg said, no, not at my city. You know what they did? When uh, uh, Texas Southern University, by the way, what do I think about uh, racism? I'm a, a graduate of historically black college, Texas Southern University. You see my diploma on the wall, mm -hmm. speech of communication with a minor in journalism. And there was a guy at a radio station and said, if I hear anything, you need to welcome them. If you say anything, I'll kick you out of this because these people are are uh, are bringing business. We need to educate them. We need to educate them. We need to have. That's why Texas Southern University. It's a historical black college. I started. I went to uh, U of H, and they said they were making fun of my accent. What did you say? What did you say? Mm. I felt so humiliated. I transferred to uh, TSU. Nobody ever said anything to me. There were very few blacks, uh, whites, at TSU, and they treated us so... They could have said, ah, uh, your uh, grandmother uh, had uh, slaves or something. What are you... <laughs> How stupid would have been. So, yeah, this is what I think. This so, the charges against... Sorry, I want to go back to Nikolai... Ceausescu. The charges against him primarily revolved around genocide, correct? Wasn't he accused of, of killing 60,000 of his own 60, people? 60,000. No, he didn't kill 60,000. He didn't. Okay. No, he but didn't. that was the accusation to yeah. move the trial along. Yeah. They wanted yeah. to get rid of him. Okay. No. Subversion of state power. You know how it started? There was a, a pastor. His name was Laszlo Tokesh. And uh, they wanted to force him out of his house. And he started from there. Then he started in a city called Timisoara. People got on the streets of Timisoara and started chanting down mm -hmm. the communism. And so we did not know what happened. Then we found out. And then it started the propaganda. Because they had to put him, they had to eliminate him. They didn't want him to speak out, to say anything. Listen, I wasn't by myself. Was the secret police that was being put in place by the Soviet Union. I don't think it lasted, they, uh, that was on 21st of December, 89. That sounds right. Then he left. On mm -hmm. the 25th, on Christmas yep. night, That's they right. killed him. Yeah. They took him as a, a military unit at Tergoviste, put him in front of a, a wall, tied the, his uh, hands behind his back, yeah. his and uh, Elena Ceausescu, and shot them. Yeah, the whole trial was an hour. Yeah. They didn't have the right to speak, and she was just screaming, begging for their life. They, uh, we were thinking, educated people, we were thinking, if you, he has the right to defend himself, let him answer for everything he did. 
yeah, he did horrible things. He needs to answer for that. Put him in an apartment building the size of the closet where I live with no food, <laughs> with no water, with no nothing, and get him arrested and let him spend the rest of his life in prison. Yeah. Okay. He didn't kill 60,000 people. So you were you a fan of his? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, okay. oh, no. I'll hate him till the day I die. Okay. He ruined my life. No, yeah. absolutely not. Absolutely not. My sister, my twin sister, had 22 abortions. 22 abortions. That she provoked themself, herself at home. She nearly died. And I have a, a, a niece, and this is my niece. Romanian women are, are known for being some of the most beautiful in the world. That is my, my sister, and that is my niece. She didn't. We were so poor. 22 she was, abortions. She was saving money to an abortion. My mother was dating a guy. There was another alcoholic that was hiding some money, whatever he was, didn't want to pay his way. And I was convinced this money were his. Like, let's say the equivalent of uh, $500. I stole that money. I took the money. The money were for my sister to have another abortion. Wow. And because I stole the money, she couldn't, the pregnancy was too advanced. She was in six months. She wanted to have an abortion in six months of pregnancy. I took the money. So this is how my niece was born. She How about said, that? I have to thank you for the rest of my life. If it wasn't for you, I would have been another one in the toilet. Why was she having so much sex? How can you not have sex? What do you do? You masturbate. Yeah, okay. pull well, and pray. Or... It's one of the primary instincts. Because yeah. I asked her once. I said, you know what? You get pregnant and it's me that have to support you. I was uh, working in a printing factory. Uh, can you not? Uh, she said, I said, do something. Lack of education. When you live there, she was uh, 22 years old and she was getting pregnant and pregnant and pregnant. Same and man? Nope. Different man? Yeah, I think so. Ah, let me mention this. You are not allowed to divorce. You couldn't divorce. Mm. That was not by law, but people were judging you was uh, like, a, like an urban legend that things that may happen to you. You were considered a prostitute of a low moral. Oh, she left her husband. So you were living with an idiot that were beating you up, that were starving you. My poor father got... Uh, take care of his soul and the other world. He didn't coming back because he came from a gulag. So he was, he was done. He was... How long was he in the gulag? The total of, uh, was like seven or eight years. I asked him once. I was very young. I did not know what war is. He was talking to a friend of him that was missing, missing his uh, lower, uh, his jaw. And they were talking. Being drunk, I said, Daddy, did you kill anybody? 
what could he say? He was like a lamb when he was young, couldn't raise his... Uh, he was ashamed, he was very nice, very... Uh, I said, he said, I don't think I had... I said, Dad, somebody's in front of you and you have a weapon or a pistol or whatever I said at that uh, age, at six. And you shot and that person doesn't get up. So you kill him. So you're a criminal. Aren't you? Technically speaking, yeah. But he didn't have any chance because you were sending you in front of a fire square and kill you because, you know, it's where you go where they send you. So this is what happened. Is that why he was sent to the gulag? For killing oh, a man? No, because we lost, uh, because uh, they lost the war. Uh. Nazi Germany, this is what happened. Romania was an ally of Nazi Germany and uh, Mussolini's uh, Italy. So they were together, what it was called the Antanta. So they were fighting the Soviet Union. Then he, they made him a prisoner of war after the falling of Odessa, after the falling of Stalingrad. Whatever Romanians were there were arrested and sent to Gulag. This is what happened. Because Germany, Nazi Germany, lost the war with the help of United States. So what happened, everybody, uh, they escaped Gulag. You know what was the most horrible thing? The prisoners of Gulag, a lot of them were Russian prisoners of wars. So they escaped the, the Nazi concentration camps. They have been repatriated, went back to the Soviet Union and were being sent to Gulag because they were saying, Stalin said, ah, why did they let uh, you go home? You sold the motherland. And they went back from Nazi, as few as them as escaped. So it was a horrible thing. And all started with the non-aggression pact between Hitler and Stalin. So... And so a Russian could come from a POW camp in Germany and Stalin would send him to... To Gulag. To Gulag. Yeah, yeah. Because he, his reasoning was that they wouldn't have let you out. Exactly. It's all in, in, uh, in, uh, in this uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn Gulag Archipelago. I, I've read it twice. It's all this. He explains yeah. everything here. Yep. Horrible. It. I read it. I can. I don't even know how did I put myself because it's 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 heavy. Uh, it started. I remember the the introduction. There were some uh, creatures from the prehistoric uh, times that were under the permafrost, the ice of Alaska, and they were so hungry they ate them. They scratched them with their fingernails and ate them. And said uh, it should be a verse from the Bible when it says that. God uh, made uh, the devil enter some pigs and then the pigs fell into a ditch because this is what what the devil does to people. So he explains everything step by step. How were people arrested with no reason? Did, uh, did, he said at some point, you could have escaped if uh, the secret police of Soviet Union were, was knocking on your door, you could have, if you were running, they were not coming after you because they didn't have any accusation to bring to you. 
they just needed to prove that uh, Soviet Union is the biggest, that Marxism is right, uh, that we should be equal. There is no such a thing as equality. It is not. So he said, yeah, they were coming and arresting you and taking you. Imagine we are talking now. We're talking. I have my little dog and I have uh, that uh, friend of mine. By the way, she's Native American. You cannot tell. She's, she looks white as me and you. She's yeah, a Native yeah. American. So somebody comes and doesn't, says, put everything down and blindfold us and put us in a car and takes them away and put them in a prison for the rest of our lives without in a room without contact with the outside world and if we don't die from starvation or lack of oxygen they'll rape us and beat us Ima can you imagine that just because can you imagine million of people ended up like this for no reason for no i have no words to say nothing yeah and they would they would do it primarily like at 6 a.m. when you weren't ready for yeah. it yeah. get you out of bed rush you out yeah 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 and it was a it was important for them to get you to sign saying like sign admitting to something yeah right yeah that was very important to the guards. Even though they could have changed uh, their mind. Oh, it's very interesting. Uh, after Ceausescu died, a lot of them just turned around and blamed all on Ceausescu. Like they were not... Uh, uh, the people were, uh, uh, were uh, reporting, making these horrible stories and uh, reporting to the secret police in order to establish the communism, to everybody clapping their hands and working. You didn't have any uh, choice what uh, school, where to go. You were getting better food and a better uh, an apartment building and a, a better job. If you were... Telling the the secret police who's against communists, who's not doing what they are saying, so they were doing this. And for me, for not doing anything, any of this, I was thinking I'll better die. I don't, I just couldn't. I don't know why I didn't. I don't know I why just, you didn't. What I'm sorry. I didn't because you know what? Didn't what? I didn't uh, make any stories. I could have uh, had have a better education, a better house. A if better you had job. what told on if people, if I was telling on people, making up yeah. shitty stories about them, I didn't do it. But I, I wasn't opposing communism openly. I cannot say that I've done. I've been a hero. I was. I was too scared to do anything. Mm. But I did not know. I didn't have any trade. I didn't have any education. I finished, I didn't even finish high school, so I did not know anything. Didn't have any friends, didn't have any money, didn't know anybody. I had a few things that I bought from like from a resale shop. This is what I uh, sold at a flea market to buy that bike. Hmm. And a an, used bike. And my other three friends, one of them is on my Facebook. I can show you my Facebook. I was thinking... I'm getting out of here. I don't know what I was thinking. I sold a bike and I had a, a backpack with a Bible and a change of clothing. 
And I got out, I crossed the border. It's a town near the border with Hungary, Oradea. On the train, there was a girl reading a book. Uh, we were talking, thinking the police, uh, the secret police is coming after us. They couldn't care less. They were uh, busy just uh, stealing everything was left from Ceausescu's uh, economy. We were saying that, talking to each other, where should we go? We did not know when we left, where should we go? How do we exit Romania? Where do we go from this train? There was a young girl reading a book. And she said, you said you are going to the to Lake Balaton to visit? She said, you know what? We'll be on this train for uh, seven hours. I'll take you home where I live. I'll cook you some meal. You take a shower. And tomorrow you go on your way. If you want, you go to Hungary. I'm getting goosebumps. You go to Budapest. Sell these bikes. We found about the bikes from a taxi driver that said, this is how you make some money if you want to leave Romania. Sell the bikes and uh, if you get somewhere in Hungary. She trusted us. She took us, three adults and me, three men. She took us home and... I didn't not know anybody. I had this passport. You saw my Romanian passport? Yeah. The Socialist Republic of Romania. She took us home. We took a bath. We ate. And then we crossed uh, the border. A portion of, I should say, two kilometers between the border of uh, Romania and Hungary. It was a whole other world. Nice homes. The trees, the air smell differently, and we just, I said, we need to take a, a break. And I sat down on a ditch and I started howling like a wolf. Mm. I just, I'm sorry. And they said, okay, now what? I said, now what? I don't know what. We had some instant coffee, some cheese, uh, made some coffee, we cold water, ate some cheese. I did not know how to ride that bike. I broke somebody's uh, mirror from the car because I, could, I couldn't turn the bike left or right. I had to put my... Uh, across the street, there were some vinyls, if you know those records. Phil Collins. Oh, finals, yeah. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Coca-Cola. Yes. And I was 36 year old. I never seen Coca-Cola. Wow. Uh, we got a, a watermelon and we were hiding. You were hiding your watermelon? Just hiding somewhere for we I don't know why would we were like children like somebody was trying to hurt us to kill us. But that wasn't the case. You were was free. That, nobody knew where we were and then Speaking about racism, went to a train, we got uh, these uh, train tickets that were valid for a month on the Hungarian territory. So, wearing the train from that uh, fresh market where we saw uh, Phil Collins across the street, uh, we had to get, uh, I uh, stopped, how do you call that when you stop somebody to take you? 
with a car. When you stop a car, like uh, you, hail a taxi or no, no, not a taxi. Somebody that was driving. Oh, uh, hitchhiking. He yes. So I took the backpacks and the money and the passports. Went to a train station. They came, found me there, sold one of the bikes. Then went to the train station to take the train to Hungary. And there was a guy from the uh, Hungarian railroad and said to us, uh, go back home with gypsies and a broken Romanian, because they were living, you know, doing small traffic across the borders. Calling us gypsies, go home. And I said, ah, there is a restroom. They have hot water and the soap and toilet paper and the hand towel and nobody steals them. I said, you know what? Look, listen to this guy, what he said. I said, you know what? I'll take him uh, to the restroom. I'll promise I'll have sex with him. And then you come, you get some uh, rocks that you find and crush his hole, just kill him. He was so scared. He, t- <laughs> <laughs> he, he took off running. That was, we were more scared than he was. So he listened, I was thinking, what did I do? Then we went to Berlin. We went to Berlin. There were skinheads, another. So we were homeless, just sleeping at Zoo Garden, downtown, and the subway station, just before, uh, going through the checkpoint Charlie to go to the America. We did not know and Alexander Platz and Brandenburg Tor. We saw uh, we saw that uh, memorial church that had been bombed and is still there. We were just and I'm thinking we went to a pub to drink a beer and to eat some hot dogs. I went inside of a restroom and the water wouldn't stop. I was <laughs> ashamed. I was thinking I'm flooding this. The police will come to arrest me. <laughs> so I was standing there. The more I was standing, the yeah. more water was coming i did not know how this was i was just and i had to learn everything everything and i was thinking just going there was a a route for uh, bicycles and somebody gave us a a map of berlin to find that refugee camp and i had to get out of uh, the subway station in front of a store that was sending cigarettes and stuff and to call a friend of my sister, see if she can, she couldn't help us anything, just to tell us where the, getting out of that subway station with the skinheads trying to kill us because we are coming from Eastern Europe to take their job. I went to a payphone and I did not know I had some shillings that the money we changed on an exchange had to change the money from late to foreigns, then to uh, Deutschmarks. And I said, let me go to a... I went to a payphone, and I did not know how that works. And I started <laughs> begging. And there was a lady that was speaking Romanian. I didn't talk to anybody. She didn't hear me. She did not know. She knew because the way we were, we did not know how many other Romanians and we look like North Koreans. And she said, if you do this, you'll get arrested. Give me, I wasn't speaking. She took the paper from my uh, hand and put some uh, shillings into that phone and I called my friend. And wow. from there, went uh, to the uh, to a police station. One of my friends 
His name is Seugen Leu, one of the guys. He's on my Facebook. I'll show you my Facebook. Okay. Uh, they took uh, our passports, didn't even take us in to ask anything. He said, okay, this is your Ausweis, temporary Ausweis. We went to that, uh, that used to be a psychiatric hospital, but was near the airport. And he turned that into the uh, refugee camp. Ah, okay. from all over was not everybody from Eastern Europe then Germany said Helmut Kohl was the Chancellor of Germany at that. Angela Merkel was in a democratic uh, republic as everybody knows mm-hmm. and they were saying okay uh, your new president said uh, Romania it's a democratic country you go back home I was you know what I'll kill myself I'm not going back to Romania ever ever again they ruined my life there is nothing i don't know where i go from there then there was uh, uh we had to uh, give interviews because the allies were there uh french russian americans and english and we had to talk to tell them about the bidding in the university square by the coal miners and uh, what uh, what happened if you go back to Romania? I'm not going back to Romania. I'm not. I exposed my case. Uh, I have to... The Bundestag uh, will, were uh, appointing us lawyers. So then they said, okay, go back to Romania. And at that point, when I've seen that, I went to Frankfurt um, am Main. But by then I was living near Stuttgart because we lived in uh, that refugee camp in Berlin. They were dispersing us like in small towns where the city hall was paying our rent, our utilities, clothing us, helping us get a job. And uh, that was near Stuttgart in a, in a, a town uh, called uh, Tübingen. I've been to Stuttgart. I went to my first Euro soccer game there. I yep. went to the Mercedes-Benz Museum. That's where... It's the first thing I've seen when I got uh, we got out of train in Berlin mm-hmm. was a sign on top of a building, uh, Gorbachev Vodka. Meaning, what, that was the brand? Yeah, they were, <laughs> really? yeah, or they were making fun, I don't know. Uh. What I'm trying to say, every time somebody was showing up, that girl in the train, or with my friends where uh, we were going, uh, we didn't have any car, of course. We have to go to the those uh, allies to uh, give interviews. We were so hungry, didn't have any money, didn't have the little money we had. You know how much money we had when we left Romania? hundred mm. dollars. We split that in four. And how far do you get with hundred dollars? Even at, the, at that. But we said we had a little bit more money because we said uh, sold the car. Every time somebody was there to help us. You make a pretty good salary where you're working now. You're at Costco now, right? Uh, Which is you know where how we much? met. Yeah, thirteen dollars twenty-five an hour. That's pretty good for somebody. Like, I just think, what would happen if I struggled to eat one month, knowing that I could go to Costco and make thirteen twenty-five an hour? 
I don't know. I think that's pretty good. I have a six hundred dollar social security. Okay. I have uh, I have three hundred dollars in my banking account, and the rent here is thirteen hundred a month. Yeah. I'm one step away of being homeless. That's why I so desperately need a. Okay, uh, we're gonna try to find you a roommate. You want to see? Let me show you my banking account. You can show me when we're done. I don't have a whole lot of time. Sometimes I'm thinking, is God busy? What is he doing? <laughs> is God busy? What was, <laughs> what was he doing when Stalin killed uh, uh, 60 million people? What was he doing when Hitler had these concentration camps? What does it say that there are women who, I don't, I don't want to say allow it to happen, but support, these men always have women behind them or who would sleep with them, for example. You talked earlier about sex is a human instinct. Uh-huh. Would it continue if women weren't attracted to that in some way? Oh, uh, you know what? Power, it's corrupting. It's, it's attracting. You think, uh, I can do, why should I work uh, to Costco? Well, as long as, well, you have to look somehow where I can sleep with this uh, guy that it's a millionaire and screw Costco. I cannot care less. Look at me now. What should I do? Should I say uh, kidney? What should I say? I'll end up on the street. What I worry about is my little dog. My little dog. So you have prostituted yourself. No, 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 no. This is not what I'm saying. If I had, I have prostituted myself, I wouldn't have been here now. I always took the, not the hardest way because I didn't know what was coming. Somebody from above or from somewhere prevented me from doing bad things, from mm. stealing, from uh, turning people into the secret police. I just follow thinking. I wake up every morning and I thank God I'm thinking... Whatever you want, I'm, I don't make a like a shopping list. Uh, God, I need this. <laughs> I need to, and I met you. Look at this. Yeah. Did I know? Well, the day before. My thought was you're fearless. You could have ended up in a meat grinder. You don't know if I'm a serial killer. But why would? Why the hell would you have any fear of anything at this point? I have nothing to lose. Exactly, right. And you might end up having a, a good conversation with a young guy. So I was thinking, I have to do, because I was thinking, I was having panic attacks. I couldn't sleep at night. I was oh, thinking, shit. I cannot pay rent. What am I doing? Oh, they are okay. kicking me out. I might of be it. able to help you. There. I have to do something. God, I was. I'm, I'm sitting on the patio with my dogs and I'm thinking, I don't know what this day is bringing. Okay. God has to show me. Something has to happen. If yeah. it doesn't happen, yeah. it doesn't happen. But I have to try it. Okay. Till the day I die, I have to well, do something. If one of the 98 listeners out there is looking for a a roommate situation, this is a golden opportunity because you are in a like the best location in Houston, pretty much. Yeah, it is. It's it's nice. It's way bigger than I anticipated. I was joking. I have a few more listeners than 98, thank God. But I've already talked to my wife about trying to help you find a roommate. I think you should probably go the Airbnb route, but you don't even have a cell phone. So yeah, that would so be something, we'd a hurdle we'd need to overcome. But I'm going to, 
you and I are going to stay in touch and be friends, and I'm going to try to help you. I'm not trying to scam anybody. I'm not trying. I'm not. Uh, I showed you my all my passport and my social security number and my family and my everything. It's like. So I don't know what I'll do. I'm telling you, I don't know. The rent is due, and the third, and I have three hundred dollars left in my banking. Well, account. how many hours are you getting at Costco? Are they giving you a full forty hours? Nope. No. What do you get? I was thinking, let me show you my... Uh, uh, we don't have time. How many I hours, roughly? To, uh, let me see. Six hours. About 30... 50, 60 hours a month. That is nothing. Okay, that's 15 a week. Right? Let me tell you, grosso modo speaking, what I'm making is like uh, $1,000 a month. A thousand dollars, plus my social security sixteen hundred, and the rent sixteen hundred or sixteen, sixteen one six. Social security, that's no. pretty good. Costco and social security. Oh, and okay, so six hundred. Okay. And rent security. is thirteen hundred dollars. Okay. And so the phone is one hundred plus. You're paying one hundred for a phone. You're paying too much. I'm paying for uh, the internet. Oh, the internet. Yeah, you need that. Okay. Yeah. All right, so your expenses are what two grand a month, yep. and your rent is thirteen hundred a month. Yeah, and I have three hundred dollars. So I was thinking I'll get some food. This may be the last food I'm eating. Then they'll. Keep You're gonna me out. ration what you got there. I just took her to Kroger for those of you listening. <laughs> but hey, we built a friendship at Costco yesterday, and it's going to continue. I'm not in town a whole lot, but I'm gonna do what I can do to help. What's your opinion of Ronald Reagan? He has a big mouth. I don't know how much it's patriotism. I followed his... Uh, uh, following all presidencies since uh, the founding fathers. I know everything, the history of America. And following uh, Clinton, Obama, both Bushes, and then out of the blue came Donald Trump. Thinking now, if it's to discuss just by comparison, uh, Mr. Biden, is this his name? Because I can't even remember. The current president, yes. Is he in the White House? What is he doing? Biden. I I don't hear anything from here. So from him, he's not doing much. Right. Is he? He's not. No, he's not there to work hard and get things done. I don't think that's the idea of him being in office, no. I should say, people are saying, well, you should be a Democrat, being from an ex-communist country, and you should, I shouldn't say I dislike him, looking back now. Talking about Biden. Talking uh, about uh, Donald Trump's performance. Oh, you're saying you should like Trump. Yes. Based on his performance. Yes. Because he works hard and tries to get things done. Yes. Do you feel like the other guys maybe were just trying to be king, trying to occupy the office and not ruffle any feathers? I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. He's invisible. Well, that's what it seems like to me. It's like you try to, you're king. Like Donald Trump came from a business world where if you don't succeed, you're gone. Yeah. So he probably had a to-do list every day and yeah, 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 knocked, yeah. you know, worked hard to knock it out. Yeah. And that 
flipped everything on its head. And everybody's like, hey, let's return to what was going on before. Yep. Yeah. So that's interesting to hear you say that. So you were very anti-Trump when he was in office, but now you're thinking... No, I'm not. No, I wasn't anti-Trump. I was listening to him. I don't have a TV cable. I have that uh, fire stick that I got from Amazon. I don't uh, necessarily follow. But I'm, I'm looking now thinking what uh, military and economically speaking, how it's, America was doing better. Was it better under Trump? I don't know. Why wouldn't Biden, if it's true that the unemployment rate was the lowest it had ever been and the blacks and Hispanics and every demographic group was doing better than ever before, why wouldn't Biden say, and gas prices were low, why wouldn't Biden just say, hey, let's go back to the policies that Trump had? I just found out a gallon of gas is five six hundred dollars. Five six dollars. Right. I can. How are these people that work at Costco for thirteen dollars twenty five an hour? How do they pay their gas? Well, Biden's blaming it on Putin. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, so your opinion of Trump is changing. Let's say, it sounds like. What's your opinion of? Well, by the way, you didn't finish. What was your opinion of Reagan? Positive or negative? Oh, positive. Positive, okay. 100% positive. Yeah. Yeah. There's a statue of him in Budapest. Have you seen it? No, no. It's pretty cool. He changed the face of the world for the better. Yes. Isn't it unbelievable? It's like, it's like there are those who are fans of Fidel Castro, Hugo Chavez, those who advocate for equality. And it's all you have to do is say, I'm for equality, and you will get fans. You can... Go ahead, I'm sorry. From a a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being poverty and 10 being richness, can we be equal at 10 and not down? Why should I share? Yeah, I do. Doesn't mean that America, somebody is grabbing everything. And there are people like they were telling us back in my communist country that everybody is laying on the street starving. It is not that. It is not. Right. Not by any means. Right. That's propaganda. Yeah. But if somebody gets five times richer and the bottom one or two percent get twice as rich... Is that a bad thing? If somebody... If you, you can't... You and I agree that you can't create material equality for, for everyone. Yes. I don't even know that that's a noble goal. But if the top 10% of wealthy people got four times as rich and the bottom 10% of people got twice as rich... Is that is that okay? What should I do now because I'm uh, financially broke? Should I kill you now and steal your uh, laptop and your uh, uh, watch and uh, hide you in the closet and let you decompose? What do you think about this? There is always a way, and it comes with freedom and equal of op- equality of opportunity. Right. We start from the same 
line and you run as fast as you can. You get help from the law, from organizations, from school, from church, from family, from friends, but you are free most of all. First Which and is most, most important. All. Exactly. Exactly. And life is competition. Like it or not, it is. If you want to live in this world, if you want to if you want to occupy a piece of God's green earth, you're going to have to compete. And if, none of us we're not born equal. If, you're not even you have a twin sister. I'm sure you're not equal to her. We don't even look the same. <laughs> if you look at the if 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 uh, all of us are equal, one day humanity will start existing. We'll just become uh, extinct yeah what fun would that be if we were all equal well you and i aren't having this conversation yeah yeah i'm talking to you because you're smarter than me if you weren't i wouldn't bother i don't know oh only thing i i have in you know what because i know it's like paying forward i help people in the past people yeah. help me so i'm yeah. sure my life doesn't end here. Something mm. has to happen. If you it believe in happen, karma. If it doesn't happen, yeah. What's well, a law? It's the yeah. law of reciprocity. Exactly. If it doesn't happen, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Your opinion of Putin. Putin is... I think he's a sociopath. He doesn't have any goal, doesn't have any belief, doesn't... He's not uh, uh, Marx, he's not Engels, he's not Stalin. He's just a crazy lunatic. Former KGB. Exactly, exactly. The... He doesn't have any goal. Like, uh, I've seen some people from Russia, I was watching on uh, Facebook, some old ladies, were asked, uh, what do you think about uh, this uh, conflict? Uh, we think uh, we should destroy Ukraine. Why? Because we can. Well, the history of the world is war and conquer, and human nature doesn't change. It'll be the same for that humans can change. Human nature does not. Uh, It'll be the same 4,000 years from now. I'm not going to live to see that. Yes. I don't have much to live. So... So the, the problem, as I see it, if you have a country that may be a superpower and you sense weakness, you are going to take advantage of that. China it's took advantage of the open-door policy with the help of United States and export. This is how we ended having everything made in China. So, at a military superpower... What can you do? We effed ourselves. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I said it so you didn't have to. Okay, I'm going to ask you some fun questions. Your answers don't need to be short, but they're going to be short questions, and I do this with every guest. Do you think that social media has been a net positive or net negative for society? Negative. Negative. It comes back to where we started, freedom of speech. So there is a counter argument always. You cannot shut down because if you shut down the media, you end up in Gulag or in Auschwitz. So it's a, a, a necessary thing. 
It is. What's necessary? Free speech? Yes, sir. Do you think that's going away in America? No. You're aware, though, that Donald Trump has been banned from Twitter, for example? Yeah, I heard that. But you don't see that as a problem? The fact that Putin can be on Twitter but not Trump? Uh, you don't know what's coming. There is action and counteraction. So he may get more than he's bargaining for Putin. Ceausescu didn't see himself shot in the back of his head when we were clapping our hands like zombies, when he mm. was starving us and raping us and his people. He mm. didn't see it coming. It did happen. It did happen. Why? Because the people that had their freedom of speech, Mr. Reagan and the United States of America. Mm. You know what I was thinking when they were uh, storming the Capitol, all, all those people got in there. How do you get in there? One of the most secure places on the face of this planet. You yeah. get uh, that guy that was wearing that... Uh, oh, the, the guy with the yeah, Viking yeah, hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you get that far? Yeah, how, how, do, you, how do you do that? How? So you think maybe, I don't know if you know this, but that Governor Whitmer from Michigan was kidnapped just prior to the election, the guys that were responsible for that were, it was an inside job. They were primarily FBI agents. They were just found guilty. Always people that were ne are next door to you. Nobody knows what's in your wallet than your wife. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know your children. Your wife knows what you eat. She knows your diet. She knows how many times you go to the restroom, what right. you where she knows everything. If she wants to hurt you, I cannot hurt you because I don't know where you live. She right. does. So yeah. it's always people that want what you have. Yeah. They want. Yeah. So I guess what I'm getting at is, is it possible January 6th was an inside job where Democrats provoked people to storm the Capitol? Of and make course. It look like, of okay. course. Of so course. So that's obvious. Of course. Of okay. course. Of course. To make Trump look bad. Yeah, of course. So following that, though, after two impeachment attempts, COVID, whether or not that was deliberate. To prevent him from running again. Okay. okay. I very much hope. I remember uh, uh, Clinton's uh, attempt to impeach him with uh, Monica Lewinsky and right. what? Oh, I did not have sex with that woman. Mm -hmm. uh, that Paula, whatever her name was, she saved the conversation. The other one saved that uh, dress with the sperm. Come on now. Come you on must now. have thought that was so ridiculous as a European. I was so ridiculous. I was in college and I was looking when they were voting if to impeach him. And I went to uh, my teachers. They have uh, their office. And I was watching. Is America going down because of a blowjob? Yeah. I mean, come on now, how ridiculous was that? He wasn't the best, the smartest. He was kind of a bozo himself. My mother was in love with him. He was a smooth talker. Yeah, he was. My mother loved him because I had to translate. She wasn't speaking English. And, I think yeah. that girl was 22 years old. Can you imagine you the know power what? differential? She, did she get hurt? 90, I don't know, 90% of America would have sleep with Clinton, give him a blowjob, men and women, including <laughs> myself, come on now, come on now, the most powerful woman, uh, the most powerful person in the world, and 
Oh, yeah. I suffered some uh, emotional damages yeah. because he corrupted me. Come on now. It's always inside job. Women yeah. are attracted to things like status, income, height, those kinds of things. Yeah. What's the first thing Power. I mentioned? Yeah. Status. Yeah. 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 If you're the president, you can get a blowjob from just about anybody. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, George Clooney or Brad Pitt, who you got? I didn't like Brad Pitt. I never liked him. He was declared uh, one of the best, uh, sexiest uh, men. In- Are you kidding me? So you're leaning more Clooney? You yeah. take Clooney before Brad Pitt? Yeah, yeah. Most people I ask that question, most women, they, they say the same thing. I should say Brad Pitt who? Give we- me a break. He looks like shit. Well, I'm, I'm not a good judge of whether a guy looks good. I'm really not good at that, but... If you say you so, know what? I'm with you. It's not if a uh, if a guy has uh, Botox or he puts uh, blue contact lenses and he makes uh, himself uh, look uh, like. Uh, I, let me give you an example sure. of a sexy guy, Anthony okay. Quinn, the one that plays Zorba the Greek. The one that plays what? I'm sorry. Zorba the Greek. Oh, you know Zorba the, movie? the Greek. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Quinn. Mm-hmm. The guy, what was the guy that played in uh, The Godfather? Pacino? Yeah. These are men. Don't uh, Brad Pitt. Al Pacino's not that old either. But what you're telling me is that you're attracted to masculinity. And that's what's going away. That The downfall. Have you ever listened to Charles Murray? He's a Brit. He's a great author. But he he said that the downfall of every empire throughout the history of the world, there's always a big hoopla made about sexuality, like the androgynous culture that we're struggling with now where women are becoming more masculinized and men are becoming more feminine. Let me tell you something because I'm watching people at Costco because I have uh, an eye. I can see them. It's one thing to be gay for whatever reason. I had to argue to give a persuasive uh, speech on both sides of the argument in college. If I'm pro or if I'm and I told my teacher, sir, uh, my uh, husband, the social worker, was a gay. That's his problem. That's his problem. I didn't want to suck a dick of a man that married me to escape prison. I I wish I knew. He supported me. He was very educated. He supported me in college, helped my mother. Fewer and fewer men are heterosexual. I, I was, you know what? If you look at Costco, I'm sitting at my little table. Nobody knows my education, that I'm a refugee, that I don't talk to nobody. I don't know how I talk to you. Maybe I don't either. Okay. <laughs> I talk to uh, a lot of people. And though. I see them, older guys, I can tell, they're the sugar daddies, and you see younger guys, young guys, with uh, taking steroids to look like this, have these uh, jersey pants so you can see, you don't know if it's his penis or it's a sausage or his <laughs> phone. Yeah. There are more and more Prostitute males, this is what I'm saying. The gay, I just love making this state. Oh, I have friends. No, you are a gay player and that is your problem. When you prostitute yourself, that is ugly. You know why? Because less and less children will be born in uh, 50 years. 
why would a twenty uh, a guy in a twenty good looking is he's good looking because he made himself with Botox and uh, steroids and uh, with a guy that uh, it's uh, holding his farts? <laughs> you tell me, and it's more and more women looking young girls are uh, uh, doing that uh, what they call Brazilian butt. Mm-hmm. They deform themselves, and it's not. It's uh, not like a, a fake back. butt, and it's not good looking. It's like heavy at the bottom, right? What is that? And I've seen some documentaries. They inject uh, cement. Their lips uh, start uh, from the forehead. What is this? What is human race doing? I don't what? know, but you said that social media was a net negative. A lot of it starts there. Yeah. I think there's a an Instagram look. You can look at a girl and tell that she spends five hours a day on Instagram because they all have a very similar look. And a lot of it includes lip, the lips and this the... This is the most one, not the one of the most, the most horrible things that is happening to human race. Yeah. You do the, imagine when you are eight years old and your uh, butt is hanging down to your knees and you are full of tattoos and your lips are, are up to your forehead. What are the, the surgeons thinking, the people? I don't think they are uh, authorized to do this. Who's doing this to other humans? Who, who's doing that? The good news is that this country has, I don't know, maybe 400 million uh, people, inhabitants, like people yeah. now. Without media, then wouldn't be nothing. And by media, though, you're saying social media, or at least I am, because I think it's Instagram. You probably haven't been on Instagram. No, no I don't know it's what's going on. It's all photos. So somebody said Instagram isn't going to succeed because it's basically Facebook. You post pictures. Well, Instagram's deal was Filters, which means you know what a filter is. You, yeah, yeah. You make you look like uh, you're not. Right, and yeah. that's all everybody's doing. So everybody's trying to mimic or perfect this image they see on Instagram, and so you've got all these young girls that are deforming themselves, and it's awful. And they can't carry a conversation like this because they're not smart enough. And the reason is because time that used to be spent at home reading books like you have on your bookshelf is instead spent looking at filters for their picture. So you make yourself look uh, good? So you look good and what? Well, that's a great point. What are you trying to attract? Yeah. You're not going to attract anything good. You don't attract anybody decent? No. No. You attract the Craigslist criminal. This is who you attract. (laughs) Well, I follow a couple on Instagram, and they're quote-unquote best friends. There's no polarity between the sexes. They're they're best friends, but they're a couple. So you can only imagine what their sex life is like. It's, It's like he is filming every aspect of her life he's doing all the editing so she's the star of the instagram and you hear him and he's just this total flaming modern 20 something young man and it's like what you treat her like a star she's gonna treat you like a fan bro like get a clue yeah yeah i don't know maybe we are, maybe I'm too old, but you're not. You're younger than me. So what do you think about all this? 
It's senseless. It's senseless. It's it's such a waste of time. What's going to happen? People are bitching about inequality now. Whatever you're doing on your phone, 10 years from now, because of the compounding effect, is going to make all the difference in the world between whether you're successful or you're a loser. The internet is the most powerful tool ever created for a, a lot of things, but especially learning. I also speak French, German, English, and Romanian. I see uh, kids at uh, Costco in the shopping cart, and mommy puts their phone on their chest, and they cannot hold their hand, and they are watching like bozos. What is their brain doing this? I do believe that a child should climb a tree, should play with uh, Play-Doh, with clay, to start a fire, should learn uh, what life is. The world has changed since uh, the the uh, the crash of uh, Wall Street in the 30s. Absolutely, the internet changed everything. The good thing that comes out of the internet, think of the good, is the majority good. Yes. Advertising, learning, uh, doing politics, elections, uh, surgeries, um, you name it. It's an endless list. Well, this conversation is going to be online on, on the internet. Okay. This couldn't happen 20 years ago because oh. I'd have had to go through ABC executives to see if this could be approved and can she talk about this and Yeah. Yeah, it's amazingly so free. So where should I look to find it online? To find what? This conversation. Uh it's going to be on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, manoverseas.com. Can you write it down? I will. Yes. Okay. Two uh, women can love each other. Two men can love each other. I'm not saying this is the, we should put them, uh, send them to another Auschwitz. No, mm -hmm. this is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you don't do this out of love. You don't do this out of uh, an attraction. You just sell yourself is like having sex with a dog or with your uh, dishwasher or with a tree. What is that? What is that? I see a young uh, uh, guy. We cannot uh, call him good looking. He should look uh, like uh, Anthony Quinn for me to be attracted to him, not like uh, Brad Pitt. And I talk... Everybody, you know what? The girls, because I talk to them, everybody, none of them, there is nobody to say, oh, no, you're right. You have your uh, communist ideas. Everybody agrees with me. Hmm. Something is wrong. Where are these people coming from? <laughs> media. Yeah. But no, for the most part, media is necessary. If you were stuck on an island and you could only have one album what would it be like a music album beethoven beethoven yep anything in particular because a lot of people know beethoven but they don't know certain symphonies or numbers number five number five huh okay if you were a jeopardy contestant you've seen jeopardy and you got to choose the final category what would it be? History. History? Yeah. Without a doubt. I know the history of the world. 
Yes. From the Neanderthals of all <laughs> continents, of all eras, all presidents, all uh, political currents, everything. I love it. Why did you want to read so Solzhenitsyn? Because there was the first time when we found out what was going on between the... There was a shock. Not that we didn't know, but not to that extent. We were forbidden to read anything. We couldn't read any newspaper, couldn't listen foreign newspaper, couldn't listen to any radio station, couldn't watch any movie. Only they got uh, some, at some point, they have some... Uh, Uh, I cannot uh, think now. Mostly we had North Korean movies and movies where uh, the bravest uh, soldiers in the world were uh, the Soviets. Uh, mm. The the Soviet uh, soldier goes underwater, <laughs> crosses a river with a burning cigarette in his mouth and he comes <laughs> other uh, and his cigarette is still burning. This is how good he is. So, okay, so you're a history buff. Yep. Who was the prime minister of Britain when Ronald Reagan was president? Margaret Thatcher. Are you a fan? Diron Lady, yeah. Yeah, me too. I was. When will we have a female president in the U.S.? And do you think we should have a, a female U.S. president? We shouldn't. We should not. Why? No. Oh, United States is the core of this planet. And it's a strong man with an iron fist. Not uh, Stalin or Hitler, not in this respect. Somebody with his head on his shoulders, somebody that is a good businessman, a politician that knows laws, that knows the constitution, that knows how to establish political and military pacts with everybody else on the planet. A woman? If you could go anywhere in the world for two weeks and costs were no issue, where would you go? Romania. Where? Romania. Romania. What part? Bucharest. Why? To see my friends, mm. to see where I lived in that neighborhood, to remember mm. how hungry I was, mm -hmm. how beaten up. You're getting emotional. There are parts of Bucharest that I love. Lake Heristro, am I saying yeah, it correctly? Yep. Yeah, yeah. They have some restaurants that overlook the lake in between. Pescarush. What is that? Pescarush, it's a sea eagle. It's sea eagle. Sea eagle, those big birds. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah seagull. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, okay. That's the name of the restaurant. If somebody gave you $50,000 and you had to put it all in Bitcoin or gold, where would you put the money? Gold. If you had $50,000 and you could put it all in Apple or Amazon, where are you putting the money? Apple. If you had $50,000 and you can put it all in Apple or Bitcoin, where are you putting the money? Apple. Do you think Bitcoin is going to go to zero? If you had to choose, will it, is it more likely to go to zero or $250,000 a coin? 
Five years from now, nobody will know what Bitcoin was. You're hosting a dinner party here at your condo. And cost is not an issue. Are you having four, six, or 12 guests? I don't know if it makes any difference. Hmm. I have 12. Okay. The more the merrier? Well, no, because there are differences of opinion, so they can, you know what, there is that much you can talk to four people. I can talk forever. I can talk to myself. <laughs> I know so many things more than I need to know. Do you have an internal monologue that runs at all times? If I talk to myself? Well, just generally speaking, if you were to walk to the mailbox, is there an internal monologue at all times? This is what is chewing me up. How do I make it out of this financially that I'm totally, completely brought? Okay, so that consumes you. I cannot sleep at night. I cannot okay. sleep. I'm just obsessed. It's consuming me. But you've been in much worse situations. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm thinking I'm 60 years old and I'm thinking, is this all? I'm going to die in a couple of years. I've been married twice. I've been to college. I lived in three countries and I'll end up on the street homeless. But something tells me that if you found a man, you'd treat him like a king and he in turn would treat you like a queen. Give me his address. You just need to go where they are and frequent those places my my grandmother she was my grandfather died when she, she he was 74 she was 65 she had three serious relationships after he died and she would meet him she met one at the bank that was the the best one she had one was a neighbor you know what the thing is? I lived by myself for too long, for 12 years. I lost contact. I'm like an alien. It, well, everybody's like have, an alien. I don't have a car. I don't have a cell phone. I don't have money. I have okay. nothing. That's appealing good. to a lot of people. Because so I feel men, so powerless. A lot of men like to take care of women. The masculine men. They want to provide. They want to protect. I'm so old. Who will take care of me? Why? Old? You're 59 years old. You're not old. No, I'm not 59. I'm 68. Oh, I thought you said you were No, 58. I'll be 68 this month on the 23rd. Okay. And then this is my birthday. I'm 60 years old. Okay. Almost 70. I look. Okay. I don't know how I look. I'm well, you look 70. younger. So, because you're Romanian. Romanians are some of the most beautiful women in the world. Thank you. You could find a man. Shit. Oh, now you got me wanting to help you want to find a man, but you could find a man. No, I can't. Yes, you could. I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. No, I'm, I'm getting back to my, my panic attacks now. I don't think. I think I'm beyond repair. Nobody can help No, me. You, need, you need optimism. You need to wake up and be thankful. You need gratitude. My my uh, late husband was so jealous, he alienated everybody. This is how I end up having no friends, having nobody, absolutely nobody. Okay. If this lady, Joyce, she's moving shortly, in a week or two, then I'm, I'm lonely. Okay, well, I'm you done. have a friend in me, and 
I don't know. I think I think you would be a catch. So if I come across a man who is looking, no, I'm gonna. To tell you the truth, I'm so uh, out of disconnected to everything. I don't think I'll ever see you again. This is you'll ever what? I'm sorry. You'll ever like I I don't think I'll ever see you again. What bullshit? You don't know. This is what my uh, my discussions into my brain. I didn't think when I spoke at Costco, I didn't think you were calling me. No, you got to be more optimistic. Be more optimistic. You are when you have friends. When you are you have friends, you have relatives, yeah. Okay. Then you are disconnected and you live by yourself and you are thinking, uh, today is the 15th? Yes. And I'm thinking the latest and the third, I have to pay... $1,300 rent here, and I don't have, I have 250 in the bank. What would you do if you were me? Uh, well, it's a good start to connect with me because I'm going to try to help you. I would ask for more hours at Costco. You can because I actually don't work for Costco. I work for a company called uh, Club Demonstration Services. Okay. And it's part-time and uh, I uh, sample these products and they have less and less hours. Uh, and I'm making the last paycheck was two, $350 and I'll be making less money next. I'll show you the bank. You want to see my banking or something? No. So you could you get a job at Costco? Nope. Why not? Because they're slowing down. You think the coronavirus was deliberate? Uh, let me put it this way. A friend of mine, Cesar Iliescu, it's a cardiologist. He's from Romania. He came to Costco. I used to teach his uh, child at St. Luke's uh, Day School, First United Methodist. Mm -hmm. And um, when it started, uh, I said, uh, Mr. Iliescu, uh, he said, Miss Mears, when you see people, dead people, in front of Costco, laying down right here, you know it's bad. You're going to die. You didn't see any. I didn't see either. Right. Then at some point they said a month ago, you are no longer uh, wearing to uh, require uh, Harris County decided you shouldn't be wearing uh, uh, a mask. Okay. Then I was watching the news one day and they were saying uh, there were uh, in Harris County uh, 600,000 people uh, suspects of COVID. From these uh, 600,000, this is how many were uh, negative, didn't have. They put them in the hospital and if you were watching, started watching that piece of news, thinking 600 people, let's put it this way, you were assuming 600 people are dying from COVID. At the end, just to elimination, two people died. A lady, a black lady, that was in her 90 and the Hispanic guy that had diabetes and another comorbidity and I was thinking what the fuck is this what the fuck is this is right thank you so you do think it was deliberate yes sir COVID what yeah you know what it means to struggle when you were 36 years old you had no food right you had no money yes sir you had no clue what was in store for you your country was destroyed, basically. 
You're a strong woman. Sometimes I'm thinking I made it every time I made it. Somehow, somehow. Hey, this time, because I've been thinking for months, the the business at Costco getting slower and slower. Yeah. And what do you do when you have $200 and you have to pay $600 in a week and you don't have that money? What do you do? You find a way and you pray. And God has an amazing way of putting people into your life who can help. I can only hope. What else can I do? You can hope and pray. Yep. I want to thank you for being a guest on this podcast. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this conversation. Yes, sir. Me thank too. you so much. Where can I listen to this? Is there any place on the internet? Under- yes. Yeah, you asked me that already. It was manoverseas.com, Spotify, Apple. I will call you on the phone. You don't have a cell phone, so I'll call you and let you know how you can listen on your... You have a computer, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. You'll have to listen there. Can you write down these places so I know where to... Of course. Yeah. I might even have a business card that my wife made for me. Uh, Are you sure you don't want to see my banking account? Why would that do for me? I'll tell you what it will do. Okay. What will it do for me? To see why am I so pessimistic? Why do I think this is the end of my... Self. Okay, I'm going to treat you like a client real quick. I have about 15 clients that I coach. And you know what I tell them? I say, picture a fist. And they're short, like you can set goals to accomplish by June 30th thirtieth of 2022. Are you sure you don't want to see my banking account? And your goal could be have $1,000 in my banking account by January, uh, June 30th, 2022. No, you don't and want to. And you'd have me in your ear once a week because you're my client, and I'd make damn sure that you help you, I help you achieve your goals. No, the, because the, all, I don't lose. I'm, no, I, if, if you, you lose, I lose, and I'm not into losing. No, would you just answer this question? Okay. Are you sure you don't want to see my banking account? Yes, I'm sure. Ch- why? Because, I'm already late. Nothing is going to happen. Nothing will come out of this. I'm sorry. Out of what? Out of our conversation. I'm the underpin. You said you don't want to see my banking account. Yeah. You told me what's in your bank account. I believe you. Well, maybe I'm a liar. Are you? No, you're not a liar. Are you a liar? Sir, I'm sorry. What, what's wrong? You just wasted your time with me. I wasted my time with you? If you don't want to see my banking account, what's what's the point? Why? You don't want to see it because of what? Because you told me what's in it. Why do I need to see what it? You're I'm just wasting my time. What if I'm a millionaire and I'm lying? Then I don't care if... I mean, then I'm not going to help you. I don't think you are going to help me right now. Why? I don't know. Why are you such a pessimist? Do you, want to, you, want me, you want me to show you the text I've sent to my wife? Okay. Look, this lady is looking for a roommate, $600 a month. I'm looking at Airbnb. With her location, she'd kill it on Airbnb, but she doesn't even have a cell phone. Is that a project you'd want to take on? The condo would be self-service, keypad, of course, but you'd be communicating with guests on the app. 
or I could list her extra room on Facebook Marketplace or even MLS and get her $600. The place is bigger than I expected. It's a two-bedroom, two-bath condo right behind Costco on Richmond. And then she said, can you take video of the place? I'd have to research what's needed to be a host on Airbnb before I can give you an answer. I said, yeah, no problem. So the three minutes that it takes you to go get your bank account, I'm going to be taking videos of your house so I can send them to my wife so we can get you some help. Friends, I thank you for tuning in. I've never had a, uh, a podcast in this way, but it's a, I like that, right? They, they shouldn't all be the same. But we've got some pessimism we're dealing with here. I love getting to know different people. I'm going to help this lady, whether she wants it or not. Uh, you know, she acts like she wants it, but... Friends, I realize you could be doing anything in the world, but you chose to spend your time with me and Florica... And it means the world to me. If there's anything I can do for you, I hope that you will send me an email or follow my adventures at man underscore overseas on both Instagram and Twitter. Thank you, folks. 